Hey everyone, how are you doing? Welcome to Shane's Brilliant Podcast. It's great to be here. Hope you're well. Hope you're having fun in your daily life. And it's the 111th episode. Jesus Christ Almighty, up in fucking heaven. 111 episodes. What the fuck? And there are men and women and children and grandmothers amongst you who have, in fact, listened to 111 episodes of this. They're just normal people, you think. And then you find out, you know how they go... Uh, you know, Jeffrey Dahmer, wow. Yeah, no, he was a, a really normal guy, you know? He didn't do, do anything. He was just quite normal guy. Or John Wayne Gacy. Oh, you know, he was just a nice guy. He used to just come in here and do his clown stuff and go home. He was a nice guy. And then they find out there's 400 bodies under the, the shed. Well, that's what listeners to this podcast are like. They're like, no, he's a normal guy. And then you find out he's listened to 111 episodes of this. Not only have they listened to 111 episodes of this, they've they've listened to even more episodes on the Patreon. And I have to ask those people who have done that, who've listened to all these episodes, what the fuck are you doing with your... <laughs> what are you doing with your life? No, I'm only joking. I have to say thank you very much, and I really appreciate it. Really, because I, I never thought I'd get this far. It basically, it's just a man talking off the top of his head, top of his dome, top of his noggin into a microphone that is covered in a sock in his living room. And you know, it really shouldn't be 111 episodes of this, if you're being honest. But thank you very much. And here's to another 111 more. Now, I have to say and be honest with you, I'm recording this episode at 1 o'clock in the morning. Actually, it's about quarter past one. And you say, Shane, for fuck's sake, what are you doing recording in the middle of the night? Don't you go to bed? Don't you make love to your, <laughs> your girlfriend? What are you doing recording this? Record it in the daytime like a normal f- fella. Well, I would agree with you, but uh, I'm going to be open, honest, frank with you this week. Now, today I tried to record this podcast at about 5 p.m. And I had to stop. I had to give up after about eight or nine minutes because I couldn't do it. My anxiety, anxiety has been strong. It's been fucking strong. It's been on my shoulders like a drenched overcoat the last couple of days. And there's no real reason for it. It's physical anxiety. My heart is pumping like a oil well. My fucking... I can feel my arsehole tightening in my throat. That's what I do. <laughs> it's fucking... And I don't know what it is. I've just been here for the last three days. And I won't go away. I can barely breathe sometimes. Um, I'm having minor panic attacks over nothing. I'm getting the jimmy legs in bed at night. I'm inside in the bed like... Michael Flatley on methamphetamines. I'm like a, a UFC fighter. I'm kicking poor Kira in the shins in my sleep. I'm grabbing Georgie in headlocks. And Kira said I'm shouting out names in my sleep. You know, I'm, like I was shouting out the name Jimmy. Jimmy! In my, in my sleep. I don't know who the fuck Jimmy is and why he's tormenting me in my dreams. Get out of my head, Jimmy, you bollocks. But I'm waking up in cold sweats and I don't know why. It just came on all of a sudden and there's no real uh, mental reason that I can think of for it. Because when I used to be like really badly non-medicated, heavily non-medicated back in the old uh, Trilly days, back in um, about, you know, seven or eight years ago, I used to be debilitatingly anxious. 
Like I couldn't leave the house because I was afraid I was going to push someone in front of, in front of a car, which sounds insane, but it was basically insane. It was a form of mild, very mild insanity. And in those days when I used to be anxious, it was because in my head I'd be thinking, oh, you know, just over and over again, the same shit. Oh my God, I'm going bald. Oh my God, my, my foreskin is an inch too long. Oh my God, my balls are big or whatever, over and over and over again. Oh my God, I, you know, I'm fucking, my nose hairs need to be trimmed over and over again, just over and over again. And it would drive you insane. But now I haven't been thinking anything. It just came on all of a sudden. And I don't, I don't know what to, not that I don't know what to do. I'm experienced enough to know this uh, will pass in like a day or two or a week. Because I, listen, do you know who the fuck you're talking to? I'm an expert at anxiety. I can be, I can do fucking two weeks of severe anxiety sitting on my head. This won't be my, this ain't my first rodeo. <laughs> I'd have to be an anxious rodeo uh, writer. I don't know if I should get up on him. <laughs> Shitting yourself, getting that to every bull. Uh, but, like, what I'm saying is, I fucking my hands are all twisted from uh, anxiety and everything. It's, it's very bad. I don't know where it came from. But like I said, I have, I have enough experience that I know because when I went to the doctor last year, I went to a psychotherapist and I gave him 400 euros to check because I suspected I had attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, which I told you about. And the result came back inconclusive, <laughs> inconclusive, which really just meant I wasted 400 euro because he was like, I can't, I don't know. <laughs> He's like, with the information you've given me, we don't know. Basically, we don't know. You'll have to go for more tests. And I was like, I'm not paying another 400 euro for that. When I paid, when he goes, that's 400 euro for telling you, I don't know. I actually nearly shut my brain out of my arse. And so, it, but what he did tell me was from the tests, we can discern that you have been suffering severe anxiety since you're a toddler. A toddler. So I've been, fuck, I, I'm 32 years old now. I've been anxious for 30 years, man. I can do this. Nay, bother. You know? It's not, it's not like some cunt who's been in jail for 40 years. I can fucking do this. Nay, bother. Um, but I just said, I'd let you know because I, I was swinging and whistling and fucking thinking I was God's gift to good mental health the last few months. Um, but then it just struck me like a fucking thief in the night. And you forget how bad it is until you're in it. You know, it's like um, if you watch Sex and the City 2 movie, you go, ah, I don't like it. They go, ah, but I'll put it on. Then you're halfway through it. They're in fucking the desert of um, Iraq or wherever they are, Saudi Arabia. Samantha's dropping condoms all over the place. There's Muslim fellas fainting because they've never seen a condom before. It's very offensive. It's not funny at all. And you're going, no, this is a lot worse than I remember it. And that's what anxiety is like. It's very much like watching the Sex of the City movie too. It's one of the worst experiences you'll ever have in your life. All right? Um, <laughs> Sex in the City too. What a, that was one of the, that is, listen, there are bad films, and then there's Sex in the City too. Um, 
But I won't get into that now. I'm talking about my mental health here. So, what can I do about it? I don't know. I'm trying to figure out what causing it. I can't think of any cause. I'm not thinking any dire thoughts. I'm not fucking... Although today, I did eat half a loaf of sourdough bread. Half a loaf. And that's not even exaggerating. And so maybe it's my diet. I ate a half a loaf with some Kerrygold butter. And Kerrygold butter... Jesus Christ on a bike it's the most nicest butter in the world I'm sure there's plenty of you out there who's had Kerrygold butter it's all over the world it's in fucking they love it in America and it costs about 15 euro for a fucking small little pat of it now I was in Slovenia right Lake Bled in Slovenia beautiful spot you can see the beautiful mountains of the Alps they call them and then you're down in the in the in the lake and it's sunny and you look up at the snowy Alps and there's beautiful butterflies and all this stuff, right? And it's kind of a, a little bit in the middle of nowhere. So I was coming I was getting back from there, getting a bus into Ljubljana, the capital city. And I was sitting at the bus stop and there was a local Slovenian man, rural kind of fellow. You know, looked like he hadn't put in a day's work in a while. <laughs> and God love him, you know, fair play to him. And it was about two o'clock in the afternoon. He didn't look like he'd seen the inside of a shower in maybe six months. And uh, he had no teeth. He was smelling of 14 different types of alcohol. Um, and he was sitting there at the bench and he was a nice fella. He was smiling at me, talking to me. No matter how much I told him, I don't understand Slovenian. He was just going blah, 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 blah. And I saw a smiling him. But the thing that was uh, noteworthy was that he was licking a stick of Kerrygold butter like it was an ice cream. Um, I've never seen anyone do that before. Never seen anyone do it since. And he actually offered me a lick. Blah, blah, blah. I was like, no, thanks. <laughs> no, thanks. I'm not going to take a lick of a big block of butter on a bus stop in Slovenia from and it's not nothing to do with you it's from anyone I wouldn't take a lick of anyone's butter my, my friend um, but anyway that's what I said I'll tell you I'm anxious I'm fucking climbing the walls it's one o'clock in the morning I'm doing box breeding trying to get to sleep box breeding is this new thing that I've discovered the US Navy SEALs apparently use it Probably before they storm some rural third world country. <laughs> some fucking town and they box breed to relax themselves. And, uh, you know, because at, mo- at the moment I've been breeding on my arsehole. So what you do uh, with nerves and nothing, it's the most f- fucking annoying thing. That's the most annoying thing about anxiety. You're nervous like you're fucking about to ask your you know, your crush on a date. Do you know that nervous you'd get? Or before you parachute out of a helicopter with your, you know, your tongue tied to the fucking parachute or something. Something stupid. You're nervous like that, but you, you have nothing to be nervous about. There's actually nothing there that is making you nervous. It's like, imagine you have to give a speech. All right? And you don't like public speaking. And you have to give a speech. And then, there is no fucking speech, but you're still nervous about the fucking thing. That's what it's like. Um, 
So anyway, I'll get over it. Don't worry about me. It'll be fine in a couple of days. I'm just lying here on my couch having a fucking heart attack. But uh, anyway, let's move on. It's fuck. It's May. Let's enough of this miserable anxiety. It's May. Let's talk about uh, positive things like the weather. Wait a minute. I looked out the window today uh, expecting sun because it's summer. I looked out. The rain was falling down sideways. Like when it's summer, you expect there to be at least one bodacious babe. <laughs> when you look out the window, you expect there to be a bodacious babe. I look out the window. I don't see any bodacious babe. I don't see any frisbees being thrown, surfboards, palm trees out the window of Dublin. All I see is some woman walking up the road with a shawl on like it's 1926 with a fucking trolley, shopping trolley behind her after coming from Tesco buying you know, Bisto or something. And then I look on the other side and I don't see any topless hunks with their beach pods. I see some fella standing outside Paddy Power with a yellow moustache and yellow fingers. And I'm thinking, Jesus, is this fucking summer in Ireland? And it is. We just have to get used to it. But I, I have to work on my beach pod. My beach pod at the moment could not be less ready. You know the way you're supposed to have like six abs? on your stomach I've got one ab and it's a big soft one and you can grab it you're not you're not supposed to be able, you're not supposed to be able to grab an ab okay it's supposed to be rock solid this is soft pudgy it's hanging down by my knees if I went out onto the beach with this children would start crying they go mom I want to go home they kick over their sandcastles <laughs> I mean that man's making me sad that's how uh, unseemly and unsightly my beach pod is at the moment. And I'm known for my beach pod. All right? But I'm tucking it to too much sourdough bread. I ate a box of bourbon creams yesterday. And, uh, you know, and first of all, you can say, Shane, why didn't you just not eat? A, a, why did you just leave the sourdough bread? But f first, I'll tell you, you can't bring sourdough bread to this house knowing I have a bread problem. That I've eaten issues. You can't do it. I'll eat it. It's like if you left your son, you wouldn't leave your uh, you wouldn't leave your fucking grandson in a room with Michael Jackson, would you? And if you did, whose fault would it be? Well, that would be my. That's a bad analogy, right? I'd be. I'm not. And I'm not analogizing Michael Jackson's proclivity alleged for younger gentlemen with my uh, gorging myself on sourdough bread. That's not what. What I'm trying to do, what I'm trying to do is just say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to my own body for the shit that I've been putting into for the last two years. Because now my beach, man, if I go on this beach, they'll close the beach down. If I walk down the beach, they'll close it down. They'll say, no more, this is over, This we can't have this. Everybody off the beach, the sirens will go up, throw that red flag. They take down the blue flag if they saw me coming onto the beach. The the mayor from Jaws, <laughs> he would close down the beach if he saw me there. And he doesn't even fucking close down the beach if there's uh, shark-eating kids, you know? Um, so I got to get... And I went to the gym last year, remember? I went to the fucking gym once. That's embarrassing. I went to the gym once. 25 quid a month I was paying. And I only cancelled it like a week ago. I spent... About 200 euro or more, actually, I'm going to the gym once and not even fucking using the equipment right. 
I was falling off the treadmills. I was on the bike. My knees were up by my ears when I was cycling the bike. And I spent 25 euro a month. And I was going to cancel it. But I, I think psychologically what I was doing was leaving it to punish myself. You know the way, because I'm Catholic, right? Or, you know, lapsed Catholic. You know the way Catholics used to smack themselves with a whip and wear hair suits and things like that and electrocute their balls and stuff. That's what I was doing with the gym thing. I was punishing myself for not going by paying for it anyway. But it's my duty to tell you, because uh, you've heard that I've been talking about Scarveen for the last month. Well, it's over. You can go out now and be a topless. Now, Scarvey, if you don't know what it is, if you haven't been listening, it is where you are. You're looking outside. You think it's fucking sunny. You go outside. You're buttoning on a T-shirt. Next thing you know, you're in, you've got pneumonia. A couple, <laughs> couple of days later, you're in bed with hypothermia because of the Scarveen. It's the cool, cool air, the cool chill in the air when it's sunny. Now it's finished. You can, uh, I'm telling you, it's fine to go out now. And you won't get tuberculosis. That's, that's what I'm telling you. I see, I read that tuberculosis is kind of coming back, which, I mean, I think they shouldn't let that come back. You know, they're leaving ABBA come back. They, I said nothing about that. I said nothing when they left, you know, um, platform shoes make a comeback. Uh, but I can't stand by and let them bring back tuberculosis. Let's, what are they thinking? You know, that should be eradicated. Why are you bringing that back? Nobody wants TB back. Just because it's cool and fashionable now to get tuberculosis. You know, they, they, my, my grandmother had tuberculosis. She wasn't fucking cool. All right. So don't bring back TB. Anyway, the point is you can walk around now with your top off. And that is a national pastime in this country. I'll be doing it next week. You'll be seeing me walking through the streets of Dublin with my top off, drinking a can of Dutch gold and doing this whistle. (laughs) I can't do that whistle. (laughs) But that's what we do in this country. Once the temperature reaches about nine and a half degrees, we walk around with our tops off, uh, with our T-shirts over our shoulders, and we whistle and drink cans of Dutch gold. And it's something that we fought the British for. That was banned by the British in for 800 years. They said, you can't walk around with your tops off, lads, when it's only fucking nine degrees. Can't fucking walk around with your tops off, these stupid fucking Irish walking around with their T-shirts off for nine degrees Celsius. <laughs> uh, so that's it's a it's it's a very anti-British thing to walk around. It's a pure, it's a very beautiful Irish pastime that we have in this country and I think we should keep the tradition alive what I can't abide though is men in shorts are you a short wearing man you know I've I was thinking about this earlier on I met a contemporary of mine recently not recently last summer a friend of mine I would call him a friend a comedian called Peter McGann Okay, uh, follow him on Instagram and stuff. So we've been friends for years. I met him last year, not long after the the lockdown was up, and I he was wearing shorts. All right, and I lost a lot of respect for him. <laughs> I haven't been able to really be around him since. I haven't been able to talk to him much. 
he was wearing shorts and I just can't, I don't like men in shorts. And I was thinking, why is this? And I realized they might have some sort of psychological childhood explanation. When I was living in the mean streets of Gallowsfield, Tralee, when I was eight years old, right? I had shorts, blue shorts. Maybe I was a bit younger, six, seven. Blue shorts. And now the style of t- back in those days was to have very short shorts. Like, remember, have you ever seen soccer player videos from like 1990 or even earlier? I mean, the shorts were r- ridiculous, lads. Come on, what are you doing? And I used to have to wear shorts like that. Little blue ones. No, that was when I was seven. By the time I was 10 or 11, I still had those fucking same shorts. I was like, well, I was wearing a tong. All right. And those were, those were mean streets. And it was tough times in mean streets for an 11 year old with shorts that were even too small for a six year old. My mother never bought me new shorts. And I was picked on. I was bullied on. Why? I was bullied at. What would you say? I was bullied. Well, not really bullied. I deserved it. Like, bullying is when someone doesn't deserve it. When somebody picks on someone for no reason. I fucking deserved it. I was wearing seven-year-old shorts when I was fucking 12. All right? I deserved to get my head kicked in. I'll admit it. That's, <laughs> that's one of those moments where I'm like, listen, they were right. Sometimes the bullies are right. Sometimes the bullies are doing you a favor. And when I was walking around Gallows Field in those little shorts, and my mother used to say, Shane, put on your shorts. No, mom, I don't want to. Put on your fucking shorts. It's hot out there. You're not walking around in those jeans and get grass all over the knees again. And I'd put them on, and it would take me half an hour to get them on. So maybe since then, I've grown up with a phobia of shorts. I think it's possible, because Kira's always trying to say, hey, put on shorts, Shane. Come on, cargo shorts, anything. No. Definitely not anything that doesn't go past the knee. All right? It'll be a long, cold day in hell before you get me. I'll be dead in the ground. And like, you know the way back in the old days, fellas, fathers used to go, if my son's gay, he's no son of mine. All right? Or whatever. Like, if if I have a son and he's gay, won't bother me. If he's trans or they're trans or non-binary or whatever, won't bother me once they're happy. But see, if I see them wearing fucking shorts, that's it. You're out of the house. All right. I have no respect. For <laughs> I have no respect for a man who wears shorts. And that's, an, that's one of my irrational hatreds. Shorts. Kira was actually asking me the last day. She said, Shane, if we had a son or a daughter and they got into rugby because she knows I have a, an, a passionate dislike of rugby in all forms. Would what would I do? I said that, that he's no son of mine. <laughs> if it, she was like, no, but what if he liked it and he was good at it? I'd say, I don't care. I don't care. No son of mine is going to play rugby. All right. And that's a fact. And I know it won't happen because no one who has my DNA. One, if you have my DNA, you're not going to be any good at sports anyway. My one recollection of playing GAA was with Austin Stacks when I was under eight. Like, I was under eights, but I'd say I was about 10 because, one, how bad I was. Two, they looked, they looked at my shorts and they were like, no fucking 10-year-olds wearing shorts so small. Put me in the under eights. The ball was coming down towards me. It's about the one flashback I remember of my sporting life in GAA. The ball was coming down towards me and I turned my back on it and it hit my back. And I could hear everybody just going, oh, 
Like other children going, oh, fucking hell. Like I was awful at sport. Just terrified of the ball coming anywhere near me. But I remember one time I scored a goal though in, in uh, the under eight. But even then, that was terrible because the other player, I won't mention his name, who was good at football, he was on my team and he kicked the ball to score a goal. But I kind of went to pass, it was going past my shoulder and it was going in. But when it was going past my shoulder, I put up my hand and fisted it in. Even though it was going in anyway, it was a definite goal, but I fisted it back and it went in and I went around, yes, I scored. And everyone was looking at me like, no, you fucking did it, you twat. And it was one, it was, you know, a moment of joy taken away by my team not even celebrating with me. I ran over to the corner by myself. My my fucking family were like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> so anyway, the point is, any son of mine will never play rugby. They won't even play any sport because they won't be able to. They'll be, they'll be shite. But seriously, though, if he was good at rugby, that would be fine, I suppose. I, it would break my heart. Like I said, gay, trans, non-binary, honestly, would not bother me one bit. Uh, walking on, They wanted to walk in their hands for a living. Wouldn't bother me. But if they were a rugby player and they hung around with other rugby players, it would, it would hurt me a little inside. <laughs> Isn't that weird? Huh? I mean, isn't that fucking strange? I mean, no wonder I have fucking severe anxiety. I ate my rugby playing son. I, I'm wearing short shorts. You know, I'm turning my back on the fucking football. I'm a, I'm a mess. No wonder I'm having nightmares shouting out the name Jimmy in my sleep. Jimmy! <laughs> Jesus Christ almighty. Um, but I don't piss the bed. You know, I never pissed the bed. I don't think. Actually, I did once when I was seven. But you hear of fellas my age and older and younger who often, after a feed of drink. By the way, I went out on Saturday. I had a few pints, and one of my friends was like, "I texted him. I said, Are you having a few pints?' He's like, "No, I'm at home having a few Guinnesses with this machine.'" Do you see this machine that makes it like a pint of Guinness that you have in the pub? I don't know what it's called. It's some fucking thing that shakes it about or something. And it's... Would you be arsed? I'm sure there's some of you out there now going, no, it really does taste like it does in the pub. But to me, looking at it, it looks like a fleshlight. Not physically, but metaphorically. When you use a fleshlight, it's a fake fanny. It's nowhere near as good as the real thing. And when you use, have to use a machine to make a Guinness, you might as well just go out and have one, man. You know, it's basically having a wank. <laughs> you're basically, when you have one of those machines, you're having, it's just having a wank. All right? Anyway. Uh, but I came home, person for a piss, went to sleep, woke up, walked to the toilet. Now, I know fellas, I know friends of mine, I know uncles of mine, I know relations of mine who wake up after a feed of drink, and piss in the fucking wardrobe. It's a very common thing. They piss all over their clothes, they piss in jewellery drawers, they piss in shoeboxes. After drink. What's that about? Like how, I don't care how fucking fucked up I am on any sort of 
vodka or, you know, Guinness or, you know, cocaine or uh, marijuana leaves. I have never mistaken a wardrobe for a toilet bowl. And I know fellas who've done it. I actually have close friends. I know somebody who got up after a drink, opened a wardrobe, opened her wife's wardrobe, all her fancy clothes, pissed all, <laughs> pissed all over him in his sleep. I mean, maybe that was some sort of fucking revenge on his wife or something, you know. That's Thinking about it now, it probably was some <laughs> sort of revenge. I mean, you don't just accidentally piss all over your wife's clothes, but she was very upset. He had to get them all washed. And I think he had to sleep on the couch for like a week or more. Um, I don't understand that personally. If there, I'm sure there are listeners out because it, it's very common. Now, once you don't start shitting, <laughs> shitting in the wardrobe, I think it's it's fine. And it must be very embarrassing to do that. And uh, if any of you have ever done it, I uh, you know I feel sorry. I can feel your pain, man. Because um, you know I pissed all over the. I used to piss. I used to be a floor pisser, all over the floor, drenched. Here it used to, but see, what used to happen was I'd wake up at night, go for a slash, and I've talked about my foreskin plenty of times. It's long, it's unwieldy, it's hard to manage. You have to sling it over your shoulder. <laughs> you know what I mean? You can sling it over your my shoulder. You can wrap it around the knee. Uh, I can staple it to my leg to keep it under control. And um, but when you piss in the middle of the night, you're half asleep. You don't know what day it is. You've been calling out the name Jimmy in your sleep for the last half an hour. You're absolutely wrecked. You're doing MMA fucking moves in the bed. And you get up to go for a piss. And you try and piss into the sink. But, you know, your your foreskin might be facing over that way. Your foreskin might be fucking facing in towards the shower. So everything goes all over the place. It's like a hose out of control. But you're so sleepy you don't really even notice it. You go back to bed. Next thing Kira gets up to go to the toilet in the morning. She steps in a big puddle of urine. And one time she got so upset about it, she t- she tells this to people and they laugh. And they say, fair play to you, Kira. One time she got so annoyed about it, she took one of my t-shirts and wiped it up with, wiped, wiped up my piss with my own t-shirt, which is basically like I pissed on my clothes. And ever since then, as I've informed you, that was in 2017, I now sit down to piss everywhere, change my life. Changed my fucking life for the better. That one small thing. Because I'm not sitting down to piss in the wardrobe if I'm too drunk. Think about it. Alright, nobody's ever sat down and pissed into their, their wardrobe. Now imagine you got caught doing that. Imagine you got up in the middle of the night. You're a sit-down pisser. You open the wardrobe and you sit into your wife's clothes and start pissing. That would be a divorce situation. Because there's no way she can respect you after that. <laughs> there's no way she can respect you if she sees you sitting... On her shoes, pissing. But I was talking about shorts. And. Like I said, the reason that I think I have this phobia or fear or hatred of fellas in shorts. It's because of having to grow up with short shorts. Basically, it was sort of a boy named Sue situation, I think. Because the reason I'm so tough now. as As a human being. Like if you met me in the streets, man. You know, and you don't get me knocked down onto the ground in a couple of seconds. I'm taking you. I'll bite. I'll kick. You're you're down. And the reason I'm so tough is because when I was young, I had to wear those short, little shorts. 
and get fucking picked on and called names and fucking laughed at. And it's the same as in the song Boy Named Sue by Johnny Cash. So in that song, if you haven't heard it, which you must have heard it, it's a very famous song. The premise of the song is, is that his name is Sue, which at the time the song came out in the 60s was hilarious, was unheard of. Now, I mean, people are calling their fucking children, you know, fruit pastille or something. They can call them anything. But the premise of the song was that he used to get bullied so much for being called Sue, which is a girl's name, that he grew up a tough son of a bitch. So I think what my mother was doing with the short shorts was in Gallows Field, Trilik. I mean, you don't understand, man. They were fucking feral there. You know what I mean? <laughs> it was the favelas. <laughs> All right, maybe it wasn't like the favelas, but you know what I mean? If you're wearing, you have to be tough. So that's how I grew up so tough. And that's why I'm, <laughs> I'm lying <laughs> I'm lying on the couch having panic attacks over nothing. Um, not that having panic attacks doesn't make you tough. Let me let me reiterate that. I don't know what I'm saying. Here, did you see uh, Prince Charles had to step in for his m- mama and do the spar- parliament speech? So he was talking about, so he had to speak in front of the, the House of Commons or whatever, all those Tory cunts. First of all, actually, I never talked about this. Did you see the... the the fucking Tory fella who was caught watching porn. I can't remember his name. He was caught on Pornhub or something in the House of Commons on the job, standing there next to female uh, MPs. And he was watching. I mean, I don't know what he was watching. It didn't go into detail about what he was watching. So what genre of porn he was watching. Remember when we were young, there was only like two genres of porn. Lesbian, not lesbian. And that was pretty much it. As far as I can remember. All right. And now if you go onto one of those sites, there's 17 different subgenres of, you know, ass to mouth and all this crazy stuff that I don't ever look at, but I'm told it's there. And uh, anyway, this guy was in the House of Commons and he was on the thing. Now, he said his excuse was that it happened twice. The first time he said it was a mistake. <laughs> he said the first time he was trying to look up website of tractors or something and he he opened up his phone and lo and behold there was the porn video now i completely understand that because i've been in that situation i think every fella uh, who has had problems with pornography uh, watching which by the way i still think porn and basically the internet is one of the worst things ever invented and i think internet porn is should be fucking banned because imagine you're like a teenage boy or and girl. I mean, and you, you're watching hours of that. I mean, when I was that age, it took six days to download a 30 second video and you could barely make out what was going on. You're like, I think that's the penis. And you're like, no, no, that's just in the ear. <laughs> and nowadays it's all HD, VR, fucking, you know, flesh like Guinness. Uh, it's mad and scary really um and like I'd, imagine being a young girl and having to fuck you you're gonna think anyway there's no point getting into it it's horrible but this guy i've been in the situation where i've gone to show somebody something on my phone this happened years ago here man did you see that funny video uh charity bit my finger no here watch this 
you pull out your phone, open up the browser, and lo and behold, what's there? The porn video you were watching last night. You know, at two o'clock in the morning, you forgot to get out of the browser. You forgot to log off. You forgot to change into something else. And there she is. There she is, popped up in your screen. I mean, it must have happened to you at some point. The one that got you last. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> it's the last video you watch, so it's the one that it's the one that got you, you know. And you have to go, oh, well, one second. So I can understand how that might have happened to the guy. He went on to look at tractors, he opened it up, and there was some sort of naked lady. Or man, whatever he's into. Um But then I mean, the second time you do it, you're pushing your fucking luck, you know? So you don't have any sympathy then. If you're actually watching the video in your job and you're caught, that's it. You can't fucking, what can you say? Oh, I mean, I don't know how long he was watching it for, but like, you know, go into the bathroom, man. You know, if you're that desperate, like there's sex scandals, Tory sex scandals, where they'd be caught with six bed rumps wearing... Her six girl romps wearing, you know, made uniforms and stuff like that. Snorting coke off fellas, Mickey's and all that kind of thing. You know, back in the the old days, like in the tabloids, it'd be like nine hour romp. And it would be a picture of some old Tory politician with a fucking hoover of cocaine going up his nose. And in that tradition, sex scandals are a common thing. But for it to be, you watch it having... Like, not even, I mean, was he having a wank? I don't even know, but that's embarrassing. I mean, I think his wife is leaving him and everything. You would prefer to be caught actually having an affair. Um, what a silly cunt, in fairness. <laughs> uh, I've never watched pornography on the job. I mean, I'm watching it right now, but on an actual, on an actual real job. And, you know, there are people, men, who can only have sex with their wives or whomever now when they they have to watch porn at the same time or they can't, you know, because they're so fucking desensitized to normal, healthy wife sex. They can't, they, they have to see some fucking most horrible thing you've ever seen, people shitting on each other and stuff. Like, I can't even imagine going to Kira Kira, listen, <sighs> I want to make love to you, but... <laughs> I can't unless I'm watching this video of a German man shitting on a French man. I, that's that's all. That's my thing. German men shitting on French men. I have to watch this or I won't be able. To. It's nothing to do with you. I just this is what I'm into now. All right. <laughs> I started off watching lesbian videos when I was 14, and over the years, I got more and more niche, and now I'm watching German men shitting on French men. I'm sorry, in Scheißen. Scheißenfritz. I don't know what that means, but that's what the type of video I, I like to watch. So, I mean, imagine. There are fellas out there that have to do that. That's fucking... I mean, imagine being a woman. Horrible. I, porn is terrible. I mean, we all have our problems with it. And that's not even to bring in one of the main issue against it, which is the the poor girls that are in a lot of the videos, you know. Fucking 18-year-old girls and stuff. Anyway, listen, let's move on. Um, actually, <laughs> I came up with an idea for a short, fi- or for a movie. You know the way they have um, s- s- swap movies, body swap movies, like Freaky Friday and uh, 
13 going on 30. So what happens is the mother, who is an old, would turn, go into the body of like a younger person or whatever. They swap. And then they have to go out their life like they're the other person. You've seen those films. So I had an idea for one where it's called, hey, the name of it would be Give Me Back My Mickey. And what it is, is two fellas, two friends, one with a small Mickey and one with a big, one with a big Mickey. They wake up one morning and they're flatmates. And the fellow with the big Mickey goes to the toilet to go to the toilet and he looks down and there he has a very small pencil sized Mickey. He's going, what the fuck? And then he, his friend goes, ah, and they look, their Mickeys have swapped. They don't know. I don't know how. And the fella, obviously, with the small Mickey now, he wants his big Mickey back. <laughs> All right. And the fella with the big Mickey is like, hey, listen, I'm keeping this. And it's called Give Me Back My Mickey. Now, I haven't got more than that written or even thought about. I'm not, I'm writing this. I'm bringing this to RTE. I'm going to say, listen, this is going to be a three part series on Monday nights after prime time or whatever time prime time is on. Um, and we can get some Aiden Gillen can be in it. He can be the fella with the big Mickey. And Gabriel Byrne can be the fellow with the small Mickey, you know, and uh, it'd be fucking brilliant. That's a great idea, I think. Give me back my, hey, give me back my Mickey. And you'd be, don't anyone steal this idea. And if RTE don't do it, I'll bring it to HBO. They'll have to call it Return My Penis, Please, or something like that. But uh, anyway, that's the, that's the, because of my anxiety the last few fucking days, that's the one idea I had. And I, you know, I think it's a winner. So look out for that next year. Give me back my Mickey star and Aiden Gillen. He lives around here somewhere. I see him all the time. Aiden Gillen, Gabriel Byrne. Um, or maybe what's that guy's name who was in Bachelor's Walk? Do you know that actor's name? Sort of a heavy fella. Oh, I can't think of his name. He can be in it. Be somebody anyway. Two great Irish actors. Now, listen, this probably wasn't the best podcast. <laughs> podcast ever i mean what the fuck was it really what was it talking about shorts mickey swaps fucking i don't even i can't even remember what else i was talking about the weather audacious babes who fucking knows but the point is i'm proud of myself for getting through it because i'm honestly fucked my chest is bumping my arse is sweating i'm doing box breeding breeding them through my hole I mean, through my mouth, out through my nose, all that kind of stuff. Um, So, you know, it's the best I could do right now. But anyway, whatever. I'll talk to you next week anyway. And I'll be back with a bang. I'm getting new equipment. So I can hold the mic with my hand because I have to talk into an arm. I thought I was being professional by an arm thing. You know, like you see on professional podcasts. But it's annoying. I have to set up the arm every week. It takes fucking half an hour. Kira say, what are you doing? With that arm, I'm saying, I'm doing the podcast. We have a big argument that I'm stressed out before the thing. Kira's wiping my piss up with my T-shirt. It's all a whole scene. So now I'm getting a hand mic and a Zoom H4N that I can just plug it into. And then I can maybe, at some point, we'll see. We'll see. Maybe get another mic and do some interviews, maybe just on the Patreon or something. But that's blue sky thinking, as they say in management speak. I'm just blue sky thinking, guys. I'm just blue sky thinking. My son loves rugby and he loves wearing shorts. Oh, fuck you. That's what I'd say to him. 
Uh, my son loves wearing shorts and loves playing rugby. Why am I talking like Paul McCartney now? I don't know. Paul McCartney, uh, I love, as you know, one of my heroes of all time. Of all time. One of my greatest heroes. Love Paul McCartney. Macca, I call him. That's how close we are. He's back on tour. And I've been watching some of the videos. And, I mean, first of all, it's not really my fucking place to criticize Paul McCartney, is it? The man wrote yesterday. He wrote, Mary had a little lamb. And, but his voice is, it's completely gone. It's very, at first I was watching it going, Jesus, Paul, man. Quit. Now, somebody stop him. Somebody whisper in his ear, Paul, but who's going to tell him? You know, he's singing, yes, hey, well, my jubble seems so far away. He can't hit any high notes. But <coughs> there was a very poignant, sorry for coughing into the mic there, a very poignant moment that I recommend you look up on YouTube. It's him singing, I've got a feeling. Not the, uh, what are they called? I've got a feeling that tonight's going to be a good night. That tonight's going to, you know, it's my favorite song by the Black Eyed Peas. Tonight's going to be a good, good night. <laughs> that would be brilliant if he did that. I've got a feeling. Muzzle tough. Muzzle tough, you know. Um, but he sings the Beatles version, the Beatles song, I've got a feeling. I've got a feeling, a feeling deep inside. Oh, yeah. Right. And he's singing it. His voice isn't great. It sounds... Uh, it's the one time that I can honestly say that I can actually sing. <laughs> I can actually sing better than Paul McCartney, right? Now, I couldn't sing better than him when he was, you know, before he was 80. But now I can actually sing better. It's a proud moment in my life. I'm a better singer than Paul McCartney, right? But he's singing this song. And I don't want to spoil the video for you. I don't want to spoil the party, so I'll go the. That song, uh, when it was released, was a duet. Not kind of. So Paul McCartney sang his bit, I've got a feeling. And then there was a bit in the middle with John Lennon. Everybody has a heart, yeah. All right? And then they sing them together. And now, because of this Get Back film that came out, what they've done on stage is Paul McCartney singing his bit, you know, weekly. And then John Lennon comes on and sings his bit. Obviously not physically they don't wheel they don't wheel him out you know <laughs> his corpse what I mean is on the video it's not like they wheel John Lennon the corpse out and have him tied up against the microphone that's not what happens on a video of him playing on the rooftop singing it and it plays out and then they sing it together and it's the first time they've sang together I um, mean obviously as much as they can uh, in 45 years or whatever since they broke up and it's Sad to see because Lenin, not sad, poignant is what I mean. Moving, it moves me to a bigger house. Because John Lennon is still 29 and he's singing with his full 29 year old, beautiful John Lennon voice. And Paul McCartney's 80 and he's singing with an 80 year old man's voice. And it's just about the passage of time. It's very, uh, yeah, poignant. Anyway, I didn't mean to talk about that just came out because uh, I'm suffering with severe anxiety. <laughs> anyway, listen, I'm going to leave this now. God bless you all. Peace and love. Peace and love. 
Tonight's gonna be a good night. Tonight's gonna be a good, good night. About a feeling that he'll have. They should actually get him to fucking sing that song. That would be amazing. All right, cheers, nice one. Sign up to all the Patreon. Come and see my shows. My agents say, why aren't you promoting your shows? I'm fucking... Come and see them. Brilliantchain.com. You can buy tickets. Be great to see you there. They're not for another few months, but still, buy the tickets now. And uh, I'll see you there. It'll be a great time. I had by all. We'll have a hoolie. I'll be, uh, you know, I'll be dancing. Be all the fireworks. It'll be like a Madison Square Garden show. It'll be amazing. Um, so anyway, until next week or the weekend, if I'm talking to you on the Patreon, if you're yourself, if you're suffering from anxiety of any kind, I'm here with you, buddy and sisters. You know, we'll be fine. God bless you all. Cheers, nice one. Thanks and hobnob. Hobnob.